Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Today's Amud is Daf Yud Aleph Amud Bez. Yesterday we went on quite a journey going through the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. We had been made to understand from the Gemara on Daf Yud Amud Bez that Rabbi Yehuda holds that any time that there's a chashash that you might come to eat it and that you and and it's also to eat it, so then we we say don't do bedikas chametz, which started a whole journey of trying to figure out where Rabbi Yehuda has this hakpada of of shema yave and where doesn't he? Because the Gemara pointed out that by chadash, for example where there are grains, you know, until the carbon oimer is brought, it's usher to eat the new crops. And, and Rabbi Yehuda was not geyser over there. And over there the Gemara said that's because chadash is something that people are badalmine. They're used to being separate from. Then the Gemara asked from, the Gemara asked from Shabbos, and the Gemara brought a case where Rabbi Yehuda is not geyser by Shabbos, and the Gemara says Shabbos is different because Shabbos is so chamer, mishum chumra de Shabbos, that people automatically are extra careful when it comes to Shabbos. Then the Gemara brought another case regarding Shabbos by the by the Dili, and the Gemara explained how over there as well, the issue was not that Rabbi Yehuda was making a gzera, the issue was that the the case of Aniva, the case of making a bow, Rabbi Yehuda holds as Osir may Ikar Adin. So now the Gemara is going to continue from the concept that we learned on Daf Yud Aleph Amad Aleph, that if it's something that a person is Badal if it's something that a person separates himself from automatically, that Rabbi Yehuda was not concerned in those cases and did not make Xerah like we find by Chadash. So I'm three lines from the bottom of Daf Yud Aleph Amur Aleph, and the Gemara begins with asking, Is it true that any case, any time a person separates himself from something, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't make exera? The Hotanya, I we have exera, we have a brisa, and this brisa is about. I actually think it's a Mishnah. Um, the the Bach says it's Vehatnan, it's a Mishnah in Bechayres, um, and it's about the din of Bechar. Now the halacha is that an animal, a firstborn animal, which has a din of Bechar, um, one of the halachas of Bechar is that it is also to make a mum in a Bechar. And there are certain specific things that create a mum. The general criteria of a mum is that it's permanent. It's something that won't go away. Any kind of uh, cut or something in the animal that will remain permanent, that will be what Rashi calls that won't go back to the way it was, that's the Isser of making a mum in an animal that's a Bukhar. So let's see what happened here. We learned in the Mishnah, a Bukhar that was grabbed by blood. What that means is that it had some kind of a blood infection or blood disease, some kind of sickness that the animal has, and it's in it's in mortal danger here. And the way to heal it, theoretically, the way to heal it would be to do bloodletting to 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 drain some of the blood from the animal. And in that way, you know, the infected blood or the pressure of the blood would go out and the, the animal would be, become healthy. 
But the Brises, the Mishnah says as follows, Bechor she'ochazoidam bechor, that was, uh, that has this blood illness. Imu, afilu imhumais, even if it will die, which is a big hefzit, I'll lose the animal, ein makizin loy, dam, you cannot, uh, bloodlet, you cannot drain it of any blood, because you're making a mum. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, that's what Rabbi Yehuda said. The Chachamim, the Chachamim say, no, you could drain the dam, just be careful. Yakiz, you could do some bloodletting. Just be careful not to do it in such a way that will cause a mum. So what do you see from here? You see that Rabbi Yehuda says that you cannot, you have to be super careful not to even do the type of Hakazas dam that does not make a mum because you might end up doing the type that does make a mum. But second, this is a case of Badalmine. This is a carbon. Of course, we're super careful about it. It's not something that, it's not like chametz that we're accustomed to eating. So why do we find that over here Rabbi Yehuda says that we are worried even though it's Badalmine? Zakti Gemara Hasam over there, <coughs> and with this we'll turn the Amr, Mitaiksha Adam Bahul Al because a person becomes to tumult, overwhelmed, distressed about his possessions. So this is a, something that comes up in, in different places and different sugyas, that there's a concept that when a person is ulul to have a tremendous loss of money that he could panic and end up doing things that are not mutter, mitaych the panic and the fright of of having such a hefsid. So that's what the Rabbi Yehuda said. Over here it's different because a person is bahol al mamaynoi. So amrinon, so we say, if you will allow him to do the bloodletting in a place that does not cause a mum, mitaych his bahala, his fright, his desperation, asi lemevad b'makayim she'oisin b'imum. He might end up making this uh, this cut, doing the bloodletting in a place where it does make a mum. Okay, so that, if that's true, so what do the Rabbanon say to that? That's a very, very strong taina. So how come the Rabbanon say that it's mutter? The Rabbanon. So the Gemara says the Rabbanon svara is as follows. The Rabbanon say a very interesting psychological svara. They say if you allow him to do it in a certain way, so then he has a chance of saving his animal through a means of heter, so then we could say that he'll follow his, the instructions and do it properly. But if you don't allow him to do the hakaza at all, so then it's even more likely that he may end up doing it and doing it be'iser, because that's when he'll truly feel the fright that this animal is dying and there's nothing he could do about it. So then certainly there's a chashash that he's going to come to to do the bloodletting and, and not not in a way that's mutter. Okay, so what have we established? We established that Rabbi Yehuda will make a because he's concerned that a person is frightened, is frantic, when they might come to a loss of money. Okay, so the Gemara wants to see if that is consistent. Do we taka say that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a person could become frightened, frantic about his money and end up doing something that's not right? The Hotanan, I we learned in a Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda, Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Ein mekadrin You cannot comb the animal. 
The, the mekadrin is to use a very fine-tooth comb, as we'll see, to brush down the animal, because it could end up inflicting a wound in the animal. It's very sharp, so the animal could end up bleeding, and you're not allowed to make a chabura. So so you you might end up making a chabura on Shabbos or Yantif. So, avol mekarzefin. But you can do this thing called mekarzefin, which is a type of combing that's with a duller brush. The, 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 the bristles of that brush are very fat, and they've, therefore they're much less likely to penetrate the skin of the animal and to create a chabura. So Rabbi Yehuda says you cannot use the fine-tooth one, because that could make a chabura, but you can use the other brush, um, because that won't make a chabura. As we'll see. The Chachamim Oimim, however, the Chachamim say, Ein Mekadrin, Af Ein Mekarzefin. You cannot use the fine tooth comb, you can't even use the dull comb. Now, what's the, what are these two things, Mekadrin and Mekarzefin? So the Gemara comes with an explanation. Vitanya, and the Brysa says, Ezeu Kidur, the Ezeu Kirtsuf. What is Kidur and what's Kirtsuf? The Mekadrin and the Mekarzefin. So the Bryce explains, Kidur is Ketanim. Kidur is very small bristles. Ba'is and Chabura, and they make a Chabura, they can inflict a wound. Kartsuf, Gedailim, is much bigger bristles. Ve'ein Ois and Chabura, and therefore they won't make a, a wound. So what do we see over here? This is a necessary thing. To brush down the animal is a necessary thing. It could become painful or difficult for the animal not to be cleaned properly. And and we see that Rabbi Yehuda says that it, you can give very specific instructions. Use the Mekartsev method. Don't use the Mekadrin method because the Mekadrin method could cause a Chabura. The Mekartsev method won't. So you can give instructions how to do it. What happened to the fact that Adam Bahul al what happened to the fact that a person is very concerned about their money, that the well-being of this behemoth, and Rabbi Huda said that we don't trust a person to start distinguishing between different ways of doing things when he's bahul al So that's what the Gemara says over here. Zakti Gemara. So, 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 what, what, what's the pshat? Why is it that when it came, when it came to the case of Making a mum, we find that Rabbi Yehuda is worried about Adam Bahul al but when it comes to combing down the animal, Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned about Adam Bahul al So the Gemara answers as follows. Zok di Gemara. Hacha, over here, Ishavikle. I'm sorry, I, 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 I jumped. Hasam. Hasam. Hasam over there, by the case of the mum, Ishavikle, if you leave the animal with this blood disease, Mayas, the animal will die. Oh, you're dealing with an animal dying, so then Amrina, and then we say, Adam Bahul al a person gets very panicked about their possessions. But Hacha over here, when it comes to combing down the animal, Ishavikle, if you would leave the animal, Tsaira ba'almahu. It's just uncomfortable for the animal. To cause the animal discomfort, that's not something on that. We don't say, Okay, 
So now the Gemara jumps back to Chametz. And the Gemara says, okay, I understand why when it came to Bechar, you said not to make Xerah, because Adam Bahul al and when it came to the animal combing down the animal, you said over there, um, you said over there that you can, you can, um, you can distinguish, you can do the Mekadrin and you can't do the Mekartzifin. We're not worried that Adam Bahul al will make you just do the, the, the Isser. But the Gemara wants to know what, what how do we compare that to Chametz? Rabbi Yehuda, Maishna Gabi Chomets de Gozar, Umaishna Gabi Kirtsov de Loi Gozar. But still, by Chomets we find that we said that a person should not do Bedikas Chomets because you might come to eat it. Mashenkin over here, when it came to combing the animal, we said that a person is, can do Mekadrin and when, can do Mekartsefin with the dull bristles and we're not afraid that he'll come to do it with the fine bristles. So what's the difference? Why over here was Rabbi Yehuda concerned? And over here Rabbi Yehuda was not concerned. Let's see again. For Rabbi Yehuda, what's different by Chomets that he was Geyser and what's different by Kirtsov that he was not Geyser? To confuse bread with bread. In other words, to get confused and on Pesach, if a person finds Chametz to come to eat it, that a person could get confused and not, and, and not distinguish between what's Mutter and what's Aser. Because, that, you know, that's food that a person, as we've said before, is not badal minei, and a person is accustomed to eating it. But kidur bekirtsuf loy michlaf. But the different ways of doing it, kidur is with one type of keli. Kirtsuf is with a different type of keli. So to say that if I use one keli, I'm going to come to use a different keli, that Rabbi Yehuda said, I'm not concerned that people will be confused. And therefore, even though kidur is an issue because it could cause the achabura for the behema, Rabbi Yehuda was still matir kirtsov, and he wasn't concerned that you might confuse the two. Okay, we're up to now, Baruch Hashem, up to a new Mishnah. Zok the Mishnah, Rab Meir Oimer. We've, we've learned this Mishnah before. This Mishnah discusses the time on Erev Pesach that a person has to stop eating chametz and the time that a person has to start destroying his chametz. So Zok the Mishnah, Rab Meir Oimer, Rab Meir says, Oichlim kol chamesh. It's still mutter the entire fifth hour. From the end of the fourth hour to the beginning of the sixth hour, the entire fifth hour is mutter for a person to eat chametz. Visorfin betchilas sheish. When the fifth hour is over and the sixth hour begins, that's when you should burn the chametz. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda says now, Oichlin kol arba, the whole fourth hour until the beginning of the fifth hour, you can still eat chametz. But vitoilin kol chamesh. But the whole fifth hour, so that you, you, um, that the, the whole fifth hour that you do not eat it, you, to, to be matter eating that we, we already draw a line. We don't, we don't eat chametz. Vitailin means we hang it, we wait. Kol chamesh the whole fifth hour, but we don't have to destroy the chametz either. And in this, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with Rabbi Meir that we burn the chametz in the beginning of the sixth hour. Okay, so that's the Machloikis, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. We'll see a third shita in a minute.
But first, Rabbi Yehuda goes to explain a very interesting thing. Rabbi Yehuda says the following. There were two chalois from a carbon toida that were puzzle. How this, it came about that they're puzzle, the Gemara will talk about later. But you have two chalas of a carbon toida. They were munachais al gabeha They were placed on like a ledge in a place that was a very public place by the base Hamikdash, and it was a, it was on erev Pesach. And when people wanted to know where we were holding with the isser of eating chametz, they would just look towards that itzdeva to that ledge to that place. Kol's mansha munachis, as long as there were still two chalas there. The whole nation ate, everyone knew that they can continue to eat chametz. But if one of the breads were taken from there, one of the chalas were removed from there, so, so then everyone knew that Thailand. Everyone knew that that's, this is the waiting time. You can't eat chametz, but you also don't have to start destroying the chametz. Um, in fact, Rashi says that during that hour that you're waiting, you're still allowed to have hana from the chametz. You can feed it to your animal. We just don't eat it. Nitlushtehen, when both chalos are taken, when the itzteva is clear, and both chalos were taken, so then everyone knew it's time to start getting rid of the chametz. Eschilu kol sarfin. So then the whole nation would begin burning the chametz. Okay, obviously this is Rabbi Yehuda Lashita, say Rabbi Yehuda's Shita, that he says that there were two stages. In the beginning of the fifth hour, they stopped eating. In the beginning of the sixth hour, they started burning. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel is a third Shita of how Erev Pesach went. Rabbi Gamliel says as follows, Chulen ne'echolen kol arba. Chulen, regular food, that is eaten the whole fifth hour and the whole fourth hour, and the fifth hour Yitaka don't eat like Rabbi Huda said. However, vitruma kol chamesh truma, you're allowed to eat if it's chametz even during that fifth hour, because Rabbi Gamliel was concerned because you're not supposed to throw out, you're not supposed to burn up um, truma for no reason. So truma lechatchila should be eaten. So therefore, even though regular food will say in the fifth hour that Chachamim made a siyag and they said don't eat regular food in the fifth hour, but Truma, Chazal didn't extend their gzera to that and you can still eat Truma because we want to use up as much Truma as possible. So the Truma kol chamesh, v'sarfin, and you burn, you get rid of the chamesh b'tchilas sheish in the beginning of the sixth hour. So that's the Mishnah. Now, this Mishnah was discussing the different hours according to Rabbi Meir and according to Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara now is going to launch into a discussion about different hours when it comes to Eidos, when Edom are reporting to Bezdin what they saw and when they saw it, because the halacha was that Bezdin would prefer, perform certain interrogations of the Edom to make sure that their stories were consistent with each other. Um, now, the Gemara eventually will apply our Mishnah to this discussion, but that's not for today. For today, we're just going to focus on a halacha in Hilchas Eidos, in the interrogation of Edom. Tanan Hasam, we learned over there in Sanhedrin, we learned the Mishnah. The Mishnah says as follows, Echod Oimer Bishnayim Bechaydesh, Ve'echod Oimer There are two Edom. 
One of them reports that whatever happened, Reuven killed Shimon, or whatever other event that happened, it happened on Beis Lachaydish, it happened on the second day of the month. The other eight said it happened on the third day of the month. It sounds like their Eidus is not consistent. And yet the Mishnah says, Eidusan Kayemes. Their Eidus stands, we consider this to be a consistent Eidus. Why? The Mishnah explains as follows. Zok the Mishnah. That if there's an Eidos where one Eid says it was the second of the month, and one Eid says that it was the third of the month, that we consider that it is consistent. Because we know that the way it worked in the times of the Beis HaMikdash was that there was no set calendar. And a person did not know exactly when Rosh Chodesh was going to be. On any given month, the month could be 30 days long and Rosh Chodesh is on day 31. Or the month could be 29 days long and Rosh Chodesh is on day 30. In other words, Aleph would be, after Chavtes would be Aleph, would be Rosh Chodesh. Now, because that was not something that was set in a calendar, but it was something that took place by the Beis HaMikdash, it's possible that a person would be judging the day of the month without knowing that Bezdin had extended the month for an extra day. So you can have that the two Edom are off by a day, and they really are referring to the same day. It's just that one of them is aware that the last month was a day longer, and therefore right now it's only Bez, but the other one thinks that the last month was shorter, was only 29 days, and therefore today is Gimel. So that's what it, that's what the Mishnah means when it says because this one knew that the month was extended, and this one did not know that the month was extended. So that's regarding days. Echad Oimer Bishloishev, one says that it happened on the third day of the month, and the other one says it happened on the fifth day of the month. Well, that we have no way of rationalizing how that could be consistent, and they do son and then the Eidos is Bato. But what happens when we switch to hours of the day? Okay, so there, again, let's remember that we're talking about a time before there were clocks. So any time that they reported what time it was, it was an estimation. But they were, they were, when they would sit in Besden, they would say how many hours into the day it was when they witnessed whatever it is that they're testifying about. So let's see what happens here. Echad Oimer One aide says that it happened at two hours in the day. Echad Oimer And one says it happened in three hours of the day. Edus on Kayemes. That Edus is considered consistent. Let's finish up this Mishnah and we'll see why. The Gemara will explain why beautifully in a moment. Echad Oimer B'Shalosh, however, if one of them says that the event that they're testifying about, the Ruven killed Shimon, let's say, happened in the third hour, the Echad Oimer B'Chamesh, and the other one says it happened two hours later, in the fifth hour, Edusan Betelo, then we say that the Edus is Batal Divrei Rab Meir. These are the words of Rab Meir. Rab Yehuda Oimer. Rab Yehuda says, Edusan Kayemes. Rab Yehuda says, even though one of them said the third hour, and the other one said the fifth hour, the Edus still stands. How that's possible, we'll see in a moment. 
However, even Rabbi Yehuda says, Echod Oimer Bechamesh, if one says that it happened in the fifth hour, Ve'echod Oimer Besheva, and the other one says it happened in the seventh hour, so then they do some betelo, then for sure their edus is bottle. You cannot get confused between the fifth hour and the seventh hour. Why? Because the sun is in two different places in the sky. Um Shama Bemizrach in the in the fifth hour the sun is still in the eastern part of the sky. Ubisheva and on the seventh, which is after Chatzais, Chama Bemayriv, the sun is on the western part of the sky. So anybody that could check what, where the shadows are knows that if the sun is in the east, so then the shadow falls to the west. If the sun is in the west, then the shadow, then it shines from the west, so the shadow falls towards the east. So it's easy to know if it's the fifth hour or the seventh hour. So that, Rabbi Huda says, that you can't say that there was any kind of confusion. Okay, on the fifth hour, the sun is on the east side, and on the seventh hour, the sun is on the west side. Omar Abaya Abaya said, Kishetim Tzoloi Marla Divay Reb Meir, Ein Odom Toya Veloi Klum. If you'll say that the Pshad in Reb Meir is, that a person, that we don't, we don't expect that people make a mistake about the time at all, then Ladivay Reb Yehuda, Adam Toya Chatsi Then you have to say that according to Reb Yehuda, a person could make a mistake of about a half hour. What is going on here? So the Gemara explains what's happening here, that Reb Meir holds that if one of them says the second hour and one of them says the third hour, it's not the pshat that there's a mistake, that, what, that they're making a mistake about exactly when it was. What's going on over here is that they're communicating differently. They're really talking about the same time of the day, just one of them is calling it hour two, and one of them is calling it hour three. Now this would be a good place to clarify that when we talk about hours of the day, you have to realize that, let's say, the second hour of the day is... So let's say we have one hour, and then when it's an hour and a half, that's the middle of the second hour. And then when it's an hour and three quarters, an hour and five fourths, until you get to the end of the second hour, so then you're finished two hours, and now you just started the third hour. So each hour passes the certain milestone. It started the third hour, but it, so then it's two and a half, two and a quarter. At the time that it's two and a half, we're already really in the third hour. So until you reach the end of the third hour, then we say three. So it's just important to realize that, and that's what the Gemara clarifies here. The Gemara says, um, According to Reb Meir, a person doesn't make a mistake about what time it is at all. You know when the story was? When the second hour was over, it was the end of the second, and the third hour was coming in. So it was at the end of, of two hours, or was it the beginning of three hours? The one that says two, that it was in the second hour, he meant at the end of two hours, at the beginning of three, but the end of two. 
the one that said three hours, he didn't mean at the end of three hours. He meant when the third hour begins. Betchilas shalosh, when the third hour begins. So again, according to Rab Meir, the second hour ends at the same time that the third hour begins. So some people might call that two hours into the day. Some people might call that three hours. Okay, now if you say that according to Rabbi Meir, a person doesn't make a mistake at all, but Rabbi Yehuda said that if one of them says three and the other says five, that we're still macabre that. So how does that work? So we said, Ladivay Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Adam Toye Chatzisha, a person could make a half hour mistake. So how does that work out? So the Gemara explains. Maisa Kihavo, the story that happened that made um, this uh, seemingly inconsistent ages, that one says three and one says five, was bepalga de arba, was half of four. Now, let me explain. Half of four is three and a half. Now, after three hours was over, was another half, so it was halfway through the fourth hour. So now think about it. Um, so bepalga de arba have it, was halfway through the fourth hour. The one that said three, he meant at the end of three and the beginning of four. So he was off by a half hour because it wasn't really the beginning of four. It was already a half, halfway through four. So he was off by a half hour. So the one that said three, he meant to the end of three, which was a half hour before it really was. And he made a mistake with a half hour in front of him. In other words, that he he pinned it, um, something that happened a half hour later, as having happened earlier. The one that said the fifth hour, okay, so he didn't mean at the end of five hours, he meant at the beginning of the fifth hour. When is the beginning of the fifth hour? The beginning of the fifth hour is the end of the fourth hour. Now, when it really happened, as we said, was halfway through the fourth hour. So really, he was just off by a half hour. The one who said five was talking about in the beginning of five. And he made a mistake because it had happened a half hour behind him, a half hour before, and he pushed it up by a half hour. So this is one way to understand the machlaikas of Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda. Reb Meir says that the one that said two meant the end of two, and the one that said three meant the beginning of three, and it was really exactly the same time. And Reb Yehuda says that the one that said three meant the end of three, and it was really 3.30, meaning four, halfway through the fourth hour. And the one that said five meant the beginning of five, and it was really 4.30. It was really 3.30, so again, which is a half hour before the beginning of 5. So that's how they being a half hour off works. But now there's an Ikka de Amri, another way of saying it, where Abaya said it a little bit differently. And in this next Ikka de Amri, the fundamental difference between the Ikka de Amri that we just learned and the one we're about to learn is that we don't say that the end of 2 is the same as the beginning of three. 
We don't say that. That's that's a person doesn't make that mistake. A person knows which part of the hour they're referring to. So let's see. Let's see. Um, let's see what the Gemara says. Iko da Amri. Some say Omer Abaya Abaya says Kishatim Tzeloimar Ladivay Reb Meir. If you'll say according to Reb Meir, Adam Toye Mashu, that a person could make a small mistake. Ladivay Reb Yehuda, Adam Toye Shae Omashu. So in the same way, we'll say according to Rabbi Yehuda, a person could make a mistake of an hour and a mashu. How does that work? So the Gemara explains. Ledivei Rab Meir, according to Rab Meir, Adam Toye Mashahu, a person makes a little mistake. Maisaki Hava, the story that happened, Oy Besoyf Shtayim Hava, either it happened towards the end of the second hour, Oy Betchilas Shalosh, or it happened at the beginning of the third hour. One of them is making a mistake of a masho. So it's not that it happened at the same second, you know, and they're just making a mistake in what they're referring to it as. No, the, the, either it happened at the end of the second hour, or it happened at the beginning of the third hour, and one of them is making a mistake about when it happened. So they're, they're, one of them is off by a masho. According to Rabbi Yehuda, Adam Toye Sha'a Umashu, a person could make a mistake of an hour and a little. How does that work? Maisaki Hava, the story that happened, Oy Bisoif Shalosh, Oy Bitchilas Chamesh. It's unclear if it happened at the end of three, beginning of four, or at the end of four, beginning of five. In other words, it was off by, an, the, the two reports are off by an hour. The Chad Minayu Katoi Sha'a Umashu. And one of them is making a mistake of a sha'a umashu. So, in other words, one of them is making an hour mistake, and the other one's not making a mistake at all. Um, just, just reading it through, you see a a a major difference between the two ikoda amris, um, in in the in the way that the, it works with the two adim. That in the first Ikuda Amri, we're saying that both of them made a mistake, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Each one made a mistake of a half hour. In the second Ikuda Amri, we're saying that one of them made a mistake of an hour. So it was the one that said three thought it was the end of the third hour. The one that said five thought it was the beginning of the fifth hour. So that means that one of them is off by about an hour. Okay, with that we reached Afyud Bezam and Aleph, which we'll do next time, Be'ezer Hashem. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including myrmakaymas on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.